Welcome to Radio KAL, the Superman podcast brought to you by supermanhomepage.com, the number one Superman site in the world. This is show number 38, released on February 27th, 2008. My name's Steve Eunice. Joining me is Neil Bailey. Welcome, Neil. Hey, Steve. How you doing? 38. That's a lot of episodes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've been going a fair while now, and uh, thanks to all our listeners for keeping us going. Um... Unfortunately, we didn't get to do a uh, live Radio KAL Skypecast this month uh, due to personal reasons. Uh, we just didn't have the time last week, but uh, we'll promise to try and get around to doing a live show next month, and we'll announce that on the site as per usual with a countdown clock and what have you. But uh, how's things in general with you, Neil? It's pretty good. I, uh, I'm nailing down more articles, having a good time writing. I'm working on a new novel. What Thanks. have you been up to? Not much, uh, just the uh, the same old, same old. Um, the website seems to be going along nicely. We've been uh, had a few giveaways that we've done this month, uh, thanks to wbshop.com and uh, other sources. So, yeah, it's uh, it's good to get to some, uh, you know, give back to uh, the fans and uh, be able to give away some prizes uh, to our loyal readers and listeners. So it's been a good month so far. Nice. Well, let's get into our discussion. Uh, we'll start with uh, Superman comics. Um, anything in particular in regards to Superman or action comics or Superman, Batman or Confidential that's uh, been interesting to you in this, uh, these last few issues? Yeah, yeah. I've been basically doing a lot of uh, soul-searching about Superman comics, actually. I've, I've, I've come to a determination. I was talking with Jeff about it, and uh, I, was, uh, I was thinking about the broader term and what Superman's offering for me and about his character and the comics. You know, people don't realize that the comics are actually a smaller part of the site than you might realize. There are a lot of very fanatical fans for the comics, but people are largely devoted to movies and mm. Smallville. Huge chunk there. But... Um, but I, I tend to obsess about the comics, naturally, and, and, and of late, they haven't been impressing me as much as they had when I was a kid, or even as much as when I was uh, turning in, in my early 20s. It's been really grating on me the way that there hasn't been very much linear progression, um, particularly like with Confidential, which seems to be rehashing things, and Superman, Batman, which seems to be its own weird continuity, and all the, co- all the, all the books not really working together, so I've kind of come to the determination that with uh, with Trinity and with uh, Final Crisis, I'm going to give DC till the end of Final Crisis to really reassess and get Superman in a good position with me, mm-hmm. or I'm going to have to reevaluate how I look at the comics. I don't know about you. Yeah, well, I'm with you. Uh, for me, the comics have always been the the, the core uh, of my Superman fandom. Um, it was the comics that I that first got me into uh, Superman as a fan, and um, the Superman homepage for a long time was very comic central in its focus, but um, obviously we've branched out to uh, all the other areas, TV, movies and what have you. Yeah, it's a bit disappointing that uh, comics seem to have d- don't be as enjoyable for me as they were once were, and um, this last year especially has kind of been a bit up and down and hit and miss, and uh, you know, all these other peripheral comics like Superman uh, Confidential is very hit and miss and not really doing what I thought it was uh, supposed to do when they first announce it. All Star Superman has been, you know, so many months in between issues that it's a great read, but really, I mean, it's it's not enough to to get by on. And yeah. uh, I'm I'm interested now that uh, Jeff Johns and James Robinson are going to be teaming up and bringing the books closer and more intertwined as they used to be once the Triangle titles were around, uh, Triangle numbers were around. That uh, we could be hearkening back to some of the uh, the good old days, as we call them. 
Yeah, I hope so. I mean, I I haven't been this disconcerted about the Superman titles since the Joe Casey and um, and Steven Siegel point of time. I think it was about 2003, 2004 or something. Where just every title was just miss, 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 miss for me, and um, and I don't want it to be that way. And there's always usually a lull before something really cool happens. I'm hoping it's just a lull. And and as much as you know, people poke fun at me for the way I criticize Busiek or for you know disagree with the fact that I, I am criticizing Busiek. I do believe that um, I, I do have hope, and and I do wish that Trinity will be the most rocking title out there. We'll see. Yeah. I don't know, but with Count hearing it's end the way that it is, and <laughs> you know, just hearing this interview with Dan DiDio saying that Countdown number number two will feature a giant turtle boy and dark side fight. You know, I'm sitting here going, ah, <laughs> <laughs> the humanity. You know. Yeah. Now, well, uh, Countdown, I think, has probably been the main reason why I don't think comics have been enjoyable this year because everything seems to have to want to tie in to Countdown. It's been a disappointing uh, weekly series compared to what 52 was and and has drugged the whole DC Universe in with it and I just don't think that was necessarily a good thing. I'm glad that uh, Busiek has been saying that Trinity is a standalone thing, that it's not going to be you know tied into all the rest of the DCU, that it doesn't, you don't need to be reading uh, every other title to see what's going on in Trinity. So I think that's uh, maybe a lesson learned by DC. Yeah, I hope so. I, and, and they better cover the ramifications of Countdown as well, because, I mean, seriously, it's been, what, six months since Jimmy found out that uh, that Superman was Clark Kent, and we had one little blurb, and that's it. And, and the comic, Countdown, you know, is largely to blame for a lot of this, but they actually showed Jimmy... Uh, in Metropolis, in uh, on planet Earth, just hanging around with Forger. There's no resolution. There's this is one of the biggest things that has happened in DC Comics in some in, in some time. People finding out that Clark Kent is Superman is a huge deal, and they're putting that secondary to like you know sex scenes with Forger and Jimmy. You know. Yeah. Yeah, it's disappointing, and we haven't heard much about what Final Crisis itself will be once we reach uh, one or zero, or whatever it is, with the countdown. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how Grant Morrison can uh, bring back what's been missing in uh, in Countdown to Final Crisis, and hopefully Final Crisis itself will be uh, something that we can all hang our hats on. Yeah, I certainly hope so. I really do. Okay, well, let's move into uh, movie discussions. Firstly, in regards to Superman, Superman Returns sequel, we've uh, read recently that uh, Warner Brothers are seeking A-list writers for the script for the Man of Steel movie. Um, what do you make from that uh, title, A-list writers? Who do you think would be, you know, in that uh, in that field? Well, I, you know, actually, I, I wouldn't know. My list of A-list writers is probably far different from the Hollywood uh, A-list of writers. But I don't know. It, it, it sometimes they get it right. Sometimes they get it wrong. I, I think that um, it's going to be hard uh, or, or at least strange to preserve the continuity no matter who they get the, uh, as a writer because, obviously, I'm guessing Doherty and Harris had a, had a clear vision for where they wanted to go. Or maybe they just wanted to do a one-off to reboot the franchise. Who knows? Mm. But uh, either way, I, I hope it's someone that... That is more um, ha- has more of an understanding of the active nature of Superman as opposed to the passive nature. Yeah. While I like seeing his character extolled, um, and while I think that that's important, I think that we need a much more active movie. But my my fear is that they're going to pick an art uh, a uh, artist or writer that says, "Oh, hey, yeah, all right, I'm going to ratchet up the action, and all of the character that they set up will be lost." Um, yeah. I don't know. I, I have some faith for that. I, yeah. I think it'll be alright. They definitely need to find a happy, happy medium between action and 
the uh, the drama side of things. Uh, I think Superman Returns was probably too heavy on the drama side and not enough on the action. And uh, it would definitely need something that in between, but maybe leaning more towards the action, seeing that Superman Returns was panned by so many fans uh, who thought that you know the that Superman wasn't active enough in uh, you know in his superheroics. Yeah, well, at least he's not dead, which is uh, what they were talking about with the JLA movie, right? Well, that's yeah, that's another thing. Uh, we've heard speculation that uh, the JLA movie could be, uh, you know, Green Lantern, Green Arrow, Wonder Woman, and Flash, but no Batman and no Superman. Uh, Batman supposedly being um, kicked out of the team or something like that, and Superman supposedly dead at the hands of Doomsday. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I think uh, Warner Brothers would be a bit silly to not uh, put Superman and Batman in the film because that would be the biggest, two biggest draw cards to getting the uh, movie going public to see a movie about a bunch of superheroes. If they knew Superman and Batman were in that movie, uh, they're more likely to come than people you know, who don't know Green Lantern or Green Arrow or The Flash might not necessarily come and see a movie about a bunch of superheroes that they only peripherally have heard of. Yeah, it'd be like it'd be like an Avengers movie without Captain America or Iron mm. Man. It'd be just kind of kind of weird. Even though there are some comics that have a precedent for that, you know, the Tower of Babel thing and the the Doomsday one, and a lot of people read those. But uh, yeah, no, you can't you can't bank a franchise um, without its two lead characters. So, I mean, you know. we, we they did that in uh, that was a TV movie, wasn't there? The Justice League, which was pretty pretty bad. That did yeah. Have, they did. Uh, it on TV, unfortunately. Yeah. You can only find it on YouTube, or if you look in those highly illegal downloading things that I never, of course, participate in because uh, it's illegal and wrong. Well, well they, had, they had all those, uh, like, fire and ice and those kind of characters that, uh, yeah. you know... Yeah, gift us to sleep, pretty much. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, uh, yeah, I'm not sure about that rumour, but um, the w- latest uh, news was that uh, the JLA movie could be leaving Sydney, uh, Fox Studios, where uh, it was originally started uh, before the writer strike uh, postponed the film's production. Uh, the report from the Sydney Morning Herald newspaper is that uh, because of uh, government restrictions, the federal government in Australia has got uh, particular laws and things about how much uh, quantity of Australian uh, staff and, uh, and crew are on the movie is a, a factor in how much they get in regards to credits and uh, discounts or whatever on taxes and things. So um, there's a bit of speculation there that because of those restrictions, the JLA production might need to move possibly to Canada. And that would, be, that would be a real shame for Australia if, uh, to lose a big production like that. Uh, see, here I was thinking that it's a giant foreign force of superheroes on foreign soil trying to uh, <laughs> invade. That was the real reason, but hey, what do I know? <laughs> well, uh, supposedly, I mean, we've got Megan Gale as Wonder Woman. She's an Australian supermodel. And then you've got uh, Teresa, oh, nice. Teresa Palmer, who's supposedly uh, Talia Al Ghul. So, um, I don't know. I think maybe it's more the crew side of things, which crew members are using, you know, gaffers and electricians and uh, cameramen and all that kind of thing. So I think that's more a behind-the-scenes thing than necessarily a casting. So, what's going on with the TV? Well, uh, Smallville, uh, you've obviously heard that uh, after the writer's strike, the CW have ordered five extra episodes to what we had previous to the strike. We thought that we are going to get 15 episodes only for Season 7. And now the CW have ordered five extra episodes, bringing the total to 20 for Season 7, which is too short of our usual 22-episode seasons 
from previous uh, years, but um, I'm not sure whether or not it's a good, a good thing or a bad thing. Uh, yes, it's probably a good thing if we're getting a, a no season eight. That way they'll be able to write the five final episodes to be a conclusion to the series. But if we are getting a season eight, maybe we just get filler episodes with silly things like kryptonite gum. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm interested to see where they go. It's going to be great because usually, you know, the people of Smallville, they're all gathered around the general store and they're like, oh, yes, it's fall. It's time for that one big event that happens. And then they're just, you know, lulled back into security until about, you know, I don't know, sweeps week. And then they're like, oh, it's another big event. And then you, they got to wait till fall. But now they're really going to be thrown off in about... Uh, in the middle of uh, April, they're going to be like, wait, 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 something big's happening now! And then all of a sudden, they're going to have to go back to normal for five episodes. I bet you it just really throws the morale of the town off. Yes. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm excited to see what they would do for a finale in the middle of the season, if you will, because, you know, like, they had to, they had to write the 15th episode, like, the series was, uh, was going to be... Or the, the, the season was going to be ending. I'm wondering if they're going to rewrite that episode or if it's going to be this big, massive cliffhanger and then all of a sudden it'll just come back and go back to normal for about four episodes before another big, massive cliffhanger. It could be interesting. Yeah, I think Well, I think episode 15 has probably been written and shot for as a cliffhanger and so I don't think they'll be able to change it at this point in time. I think they went ahead and were filming all those episodes while the writer's strike was going on, hoping okay. that uh, they'd have uh, time to start writing the, you know, more episodes. Yeah, but uh, Pete Ross returns in the next new episode, which I think is yes. Ma- was it March thirteenth that new episode? Yep. Um, well, Pete Ross, Ross, he's going to yeah. be coming back. <laughs> and the episode is titled "Hero." Um, and unfortunately, from uh, some of the spoiler details that have been released and the official description by the CW, it looks like Pete himself is now a Kryptonite freak. Yeah, freak of the week. They're going to make him a guest star, freak of the week. Which is the first thing he does when he comes on is like, hey, why didn't you run and save me? You can run at the speed of sound. I hope they do that. I hope they make a gag out of that, you know? Like, yeah. Why didn't you come save me? I'm your best friend. And Clark will be like, uh, mm, uh, and then just throw a guy 30 feet through a wall or something, you know? Well, hey, say, hey, have a piece of gum. Yeah, there you go. Have a piece of gum. We <laughs> <laughs> turn him into the freak, yeah. Well, that's got to oh, definitely be on your uh, KO count in regards to they did what with Kryptonite? Yeah, no doubt, no doubt, yeah. Mm, if, if spoilers I'm reading on the internet are any indication, it will, um, yeah. Kryptonite, um, well, that's interesting. <laughs> okay, well, speaking of Smallville, um, and, you know, what the writers can or cannot do, uh, you yourself as a writer have written an article for the official Smallville magazine, which is out on sale now. Yeah, I just got word uh, from, actually, you, you, you read it, I didn't know it was out because uh, I didn't know when it was coming to the newsstand, but yeah, Smallville Magazine 22, I did an article on Camel, Camelot Falls, and uh, from what you said, it has a four-page spread with uh, pics in it, I'm going to go get it this afternoon, but uh, they should have it, at, you know, in, in the United States at Borders or uh, or at uh, Barnes & Noble, you know, magazine stores like that, they, they have that have specialty magazines, and pick it up, let me know what you think, yell at me, thank me. Oh, <laughs> it's a good article. Uh, you uh, draw some really cool parallels between what's going on in Smallville and uh, Camelot Falls, the comic book story by by your favourite writer Kurt Busiek. And oh, it's, uh, <laughs> it's uh, yeah, they did a really good job with some of the graphics, taking a lot of the graphics from the comic books and character profiles on some of the people like Kyber and um, Subject Seventeen and uh, those kind of things. Which is uh, it was good. It's uh, it's a well designed article and well written by yourself. If I may say so, and uh, it's definitely worth reading. I think it was probably the, the best article in the magazine, actually. 
Sweet. Thank you. Yeah, it's, it's going to be a basic, uh, uh, it, it seems to be ongoing, but uh, it's going to be a philosophy of the comics kind of relating to Smallville and, and what the... Uh, and what the comics are doing that is akin to Smallville. It's not, not going to be like uh, Jake's uh, screen to s- scene to screen, which is also an incredibly awesome article. Yeah. Um, it's going to be a little bit more into the philosophical realm, but it's yeah, it, it was a heck of a lot of fun to write. I almost didn't say heck, but you know. <laughs> yeah, well, it's uh, issue, what, 22 was it? Issue 22, yeah, the January-February issue. Okay, it's got uh, Clark and Lex on the cover of the standard edition, or if you get the collector's edition, it's got a nice black canary cover, which is the one I got. Yeah, actually, and it might be the March-April. Don't don't quote me on the January-February. Okay, well... So my... Yeah, if you get the uh, MP4 version of this podcast, we'll have the cover image uh, for you to look at, so you know which one yeah. it is to grab. Okay, well, um, speaking of things you've been doing, comic convention season is... Uh, well, it's on us and, and uh, we'll be continuing for the next couple of months. Uh, the Superman homepage or Superfan homepage as we need to be called at these conventions <laughs> is uh, doing the rounds once again this year and you'll be uh, attending some of those conventions. Yeah, yeah, I'll be getting actually to meet you. It's going to be grand. We're going to do, in March, uh, in March I'm going to Wizard World LA where you'll be able, where you'll be able to meet uh, me and Jeff Bridges. And in April, on the 24th through the 26th, I believe it is, I'll be in Calgary in, um, in Canada, and that's for sure. In May, there's the Emerald City Comic Con. In uh, late May, there's Wizard World Philadelphia, which I'm working to get the cash for. Uh, on June 7th, there's the Spokane Comic Con. On June 10th, there is the Superman Convention, which is going to be, actually, I think that's the 13th through the 17th, but I'm going to be there with Steve. We're going to go see the uh, Superman celebration to celebrate 70 years of Superman, unofficially, of course. And um, in June, there's Wizard World Chicago. That's a maybe, but that's probably happening. In July, San Diego Comic-Con, which I'm definitely going to. And November 7th to 9th, uh, Wizard World, Texas. It's going to be a heck of a full year. I don't know. I'm going to spend more time away than I am at home. But uh, it's going to be neat to uh, finally meet you, Steve. Yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to the Metropolis uh, Superman celebration in Illinois. Uh, As you said, that's on June 13th to 16th or something like that, 12th to 16th. It's going to be a blast to finally meet you and some of the other fans that I know will be attending the uh, Metropolis celebration, so really looking forward to that. But uh, as to all the other conventions, uh, look for the website uh, for the announcements when those uh, conventions get closer so that you know if and when Neil will be uh, available uh, or some of our other staff members will be attending certain conventions with the Superfan homepage banner. And uh, we might have some Superfan homepage merchandise available, so wait and see what happens there. If you guys want to support the con uh, trail, if you want to help us out, we're basically coming up with an idea. I'm going to do some Smallville commentaries in the next couple of months. I'll be debuting more information on that soon. But, uh, yeah, that'll be a good way to help us. If you want to see us in your city, your town, let us know. Yep. Okay. Well, uh, let's move into the big question segment. Let's start with the big question. As we said last month, we didn't get to do a uh, live Skype cast where we usually ask people to uh, submit their entries for the big question, but we did get some submissions from people who had emailed in their big question answers. Why are you a Superman fan? And Calvin Bowles wrote in saying, first, I think you guys are doing a great job on the website, and I really want to thank you for this monthly forum. This has to be the best question I've heard you guys put out, and I can't wait to hear all the responses. The reason I'm a Superman fan is the same reason I'm a Lone Ranger fan. In the world we live in now, more than ever, we read, uh, we need role models 
characters who have real value and actually stand for something. People who are basically good and always do what's right, not just the ends justify the means. Real black and white values. Most characters in comics, TV and movies don't have their core values of doing the right thing. For example, killing someone just because he's bad and playing judge, jury, jury and executioner, something the Man of Steel would never do. It's sad that children today don't have new characters like Superman who present core values openly and unashamedly. Remember, he was the first fictional character on radio to condemn racism. He does what is right because it's the right thing to do, which is one of my favourite sayings. Uh, very few heroes today can say that, but Superman does, and he always has from 1938 till the present. And at least some in the world we live in today, we, re we need to hear that message more and more. I feel that if all people took Superman's values and applied them to their lives, the world would be a better place. Amen. Arrowhand, he wrote, I'm a Superman fan because I like his values. For example, in one episode of Smallville, Lois tells him, you always look for, good, for the good in people, don't you, Smallville? I hope I got this right. Yeah, you did. A rapidly vanishing value. I agree. I agree. A lot of people don't look for the best in people. That's right. Well, Fabian Wood wrote, uh, Good day, Steve and Neil. Why am I a Superman fan? It honestly started with the Superman movie with Chris Reeve. The movie was so epic and the Christian allegories of his mythos, reference to Jarrell's monologues, really resonated with me. Unlike other superheroes who witnessed the death of their parents, uncle, or who were wronged in some form or another, Superman did what he did simply for it being the right thing to do. He's often more human than most of us, honest and virtuous, a trait lacking in many jaded and hedonistic heroes today. Superman continues to be a shining beacon in my life despite controversies, killing the three Kryptonians pre-post-crisis and pre-marital sex in Superman 2, Superman Returns, and and other movies he's still the best to me Superman's only flaw would be the lack of supervillains that could really test his steel except Lex Darkseid Brainiac Doomsday and he's pretty much sunshine and rainbows life with Lois which may alienate other readers not that I advocate tragedy conflict for its sake thank you again keep up the great work everyone at Superman homepage and Neil he gives you two thumbs up and a smile hey thanks yeah if you want tragedy and conflict for arbitrary sake, you know, all you got to do is go over to Marvel. they got, they got plenty <laughs> of jaded, mystic heroes. There you go. But I like them. I don't know. Chris Hall wrote, Some people in the comic book universe and many people in the real world are always trying to put out a sales pitch about themselves. And that pitch is this, that they are controversial, a rebel, a bad boy, an envelope pusher, a tough guy, etc. What I love about Superman is the fact that he is none of those things and makes no apologies for it. He always treats others how he wants to be treated and takes pride in the fact that he is a good man and a servant of humanity, whether it's in fashion or not. And as far as women, he is one of those very rare cases where the nice guys prefer. Long live Superman. Yeah, Soup's kind of got that Billy Joel thing going on, doesn't he? <laughs> <laughs> well, very good uh, answers there from a lot of people with uh, very similar ideas and opinions in regards to why they're a Superman fan. And it's good to know that people aren't just out there for the, uh, you know, don't like Superman just because he can leap tall buildings in a single bound and he's faster than a speeding bullet but of course it's his, his values and uh, his, uh, his ethics that uh, he's you know, adored by so many fans which is uh, something I think like those people said we need in today's uh, this day and age ok well uh, the new big question uh, I believe Neil you've got one for us sure yeah ok what we came up with was if Smallville season 8 happens without Lex and Lana or Kristen and Michael depending on how you want to look at it under what conditions would you continue to watch? Would you keep watching if they took him abroad and started doing his studies, or would you want him to stay in Smallville, or would you be perfectly fine to have both characters disappear as a status quo change? Or would you stop watching? That's the question, and if you want to get involved, 
you can submit your answer to that big question by clicking on the big question button at the Radio KAL webpage at the website or you can wait around for our Skypecast which will be broadcasting live hopefully next month around about oh, the 19th or 18th of March so uh, you can get involved in those ways or you can also send in an MP3 file using the uh, big question button at the Radio KL webpage. Maggie ups the ante. Frankly, you disgust me. You're alone. You're nothing. And you're nobody and your days are numbered. A certain radio shock jock takes to the air. So look, all I'm saying is Supergirl is dead. And so what? Good riddance. How can you say that about someone who saved countless lives? She's just a show-off. Like her more famous cousin. Oh, look at me. I can fly and have a teeny little skirt. Please. Cat and Turpin are on the case. Static discharge coming in. Where? Where is it at? The hospital. Metropolis General. Damn it. That's all the way uptown. Can we make it? We've only got a few seconds. Hold on, Cat. And Superman gets his message to the masses. I bring you urgent and important news. General Zod is operating on false data. The rumors you've heard are true. Krypton is doomed. The fall of Krypton begins in Superman, the last son of Krypton. Issue 38. Coming February 27th, 2008. At supermanhomepage.com. Next time on Supergirl, Lost Daughter of Krypton. Things go from bad to worse. Hey, where's that girl? Under the damn cop car. And from worse to catastrophic. The search for Kara continues. I need some, uh, special help? It doesn't require fisticuffs with, uh, enhanced individuals, does it? And the government gets involved. Department of Extra Normal Operations. We're meta-chasers most of the time. Supergirl. Lost Daughter of Krypton. Issue 10. Government Work. Debuts February 27th, 2008 at supermanhomepage.com. Only one thing alive with less than four legs can hear this frequency, Superman, and that's you. Okay, super secret soundbite time. The uh, people who got last month's super secret soundbite correct were... And there were only two people this month, Christopher Hall and John Johnson. Congratulations, guys. So, a very uh, lean month for Super Secret Soundbite uh, participants. Hopefully it wasn't too hard for the rest of you who usually get involved in the Super Secret Soundbite competition. But uh, here's the new sound for this month's show. It must have been so hard being so different. So if you think you know which episode of Smallville that sound came from, use the Super Secret Sound by entry form found at the Radio KL webpage and send your entry in. Each person who gets that right will have their name read out in the next Radio KL podcast. Yeah. Superman song time. 
this month we've got something different. Uh, the release of the 8-disc Superman the Music box set from ScreenArchives.com with the soundtrack to all four Superman movies by with starring Christopher Reeve was released this month. And we're taking a track from the Superman 4 soundtrack called Final Victory so that you can get a taste of what is in store in that box set. And here's Final Victory from Superman 4. the show for this month. I uh, hope you've enjoyed the Superman homepage Radio KL podcast. Uh, if you've got a subject you'd like Neil and I to discuss in our next show, perhaps a song you'd like to request, please feel free to email us using the Radio KAL feedback button found at the Radio KAL webpage and we'll endeavour to you know, use your ideas for our next show. Thank you Neil for your uh, input this show. Yeah, thank you, Steve. And you say classy giant turtle boy fighting dark side? You've been listening to Radio KAL from supermanhomepage.com. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>